now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. Denise and Lori are amazing. We are supporters of them as they are supporters of us as well. We always get reports back from our clients and whenever we're sending them for second opinions on mortgages or insurance uh, about not only their service, but their integrity, the way they operate, and of course their professionalism as well. So if you need an opinion about insurance or mortgages, get in touch with them. If you want to do so, you can just visit the CFAX website, go under shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Their contact information is right there. Or you can always reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat with you. Especially if you are looking for an expert realtor in the purchase or sale of a property. I am a 27-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosun here in Greater Victoria, which happens to be, by the way, Victoria's most productive real estate company. I'd be happy to help you. Today we're talking all about swimming pools. What you need to know if you're considering installing a pool, who to talk with, and also costs that you can expect. Our guests are Mark Deshaw of Deshaw Pools. We'll be talking about installation uh, and all of those neat things that will end up being your swimming pool in your own private paradise backyard. Let's start our show with our usual weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us. Our hotline number is 250 414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us online at www.cfax1070.com and we will discuss it on the air. Thank you all, by the way, for the phone calls that you you call us uh, with. It's uh, it's great having support of the show. We know that you're listening. Uh, Oh, and by the way, some of the phone calls that we have received over the past year uh, have uh, resulted in my inviting specific people to come and talk about subjects. Great example is one we did a little while, a little while ago about reverse mortgages. I had a number of phone calls from people wanting to learn more about that. And guess what? I want to learn as well too. So uh, it's great having these guests here on the line because not only are you learning about these things, but I am too. Uh, we had an email this week from, uh, I think it's Desiree. Her question was, what are good questions to ask an agent when interviewing them? What are good questions to ask an agent when interviewing them? Great question, uh, Desiree. So there's two things. First of all, depends on if you are interviewing an agent to help you buy a property or if you are interviewing an agent to help you sell a property. Hopefully I'll be able to cover both here in the next couple of minutes. So the first thing is, if you're a seller, and you are wanting to sell your home and you're conducting interviews, always a good example to speak with a couple of agents, maybe two or three. I'm not going to tell you right now that you only should speak with me. I mean, it happens almost all the time where when I'm being interviewed, people are also talking to two or three other people. There's nothing wrong with that. I fully support that. I think you really need to get a sense of what the agent brings to the table, uh, what their marketing methods are, what their philosophies are. And the other thing, too, too, is if you have chemistry together, because the agent is going to be part of your life for the next several weeks, sometimes even months, being in contact with you on a regular basis uh, about the sale of your home, which is your biggest asset usually, and such an important part of your life. 
So when you are interviewing agents, there are a number of questions that I would prescribe. So the first, as always, is what is your experience? You're going to want to know if the agent has had experience, not just in your market area, but in greater Victoria in general. How well do they know Victoria? How many properties have they sold, not only in your surrounding neighborhood, but all over as well? The reason why that's an important question is you may, I shouldn't, actually, I'm trying to be careful here, but I'm just going to put it out there. You will notice a difference when dealing with somebody who has a lot of experience and has sold a number of homes versus somebody whose first or second sale uh, will be yours. Now, okay, let's face it. We all start somewhere. 1991, I started. I was a brand new agent. I had people that trusted me at the time, even though I had only sold one or two houses or whatever. Now I'm into the thousands. I'm into 2,500, I think the number is, even close to 3,000. What that means is I have seen, or an agent that's had similar experience to me, has seen almost every contingency that exists, situations in negotiation, situations in marketing. Uh, when problems occur, whether it's uh, difficulty with tenants uh, or access or when and another agent has contravened a law. How do we handle that? Experience really comes in handy. So ask the question what their experience is. The next thing you're going to want to ask for is references. Go ahead and ask the agent to give you names and phone numbers of people they have dealt with uh, or people they have served, I should say, and go ahead and call those people. Ask them what their experience was like. What was it like dealing with Bob Smith? What um, uh, what was the experience like? How long did it take to sell the home? Uh, what things did you like about the experience? Was there anything that you didn't? Go ahead and ask that question. I tell my clients or potential clients all the time, please call my past clients, because they're the ones that will tell you about our service. It's not just good enough for an agent themselves to say, I'm great. I'm number one. I can do a really good job. That's uh, something else that you're going you're to want to do. Some other questions that you're going to ask are efficiencies. You're going to want to write these down here. So the first is, what is the agent's average days on market for the last calendar year relative to the local marketplace. So for instance, the Victoria Real Estate Board, what is their days on average? You're going to want to make sure that they sell quicker than uh, the average. It'll tell you a few things. It'll tell you how effective their marketing plan is. It'll tell you how effective their pricing uh, expertise is and a number of other things. Uh, the next thing is uh, kind of relative to what I said two steps ago, ask them how many properties they sold in the last calendar year. Uh, I do know that in Greater Victoria, there was 1,300 and something agents last year. Uh, when we divide the number of sales by 1,300, each agent was responsible for 6.74 listings sold last year. Now, that kind of seems like a lot to most people, especially if you're only selling a house every five or 10 years. But in actuality, it's not a lot. That means that they're selling a house every two months. Now, there are other agents, like myself, for instance, that sell several houses a month. And again, that just uh, sort of adds weight to the expertise in a given marketplace and being able to deal with all different contingencies. Um, another thing that you'll want to ask is what their success rate is. So for the number of listings they took last year, how many of them actually sold? Because getting 100% is very difficult. Sellers can change their mind, or maybe the house they wanted to buy is no longer available, or maybe uh, things just didn't work out and they decided not to sell anymore. Find out what that is. And the last thing for a seller is what their average list price to sell price ratio is. 
So agents should have access to this information. I know these numbers off the top of my head for myself because I review them on a regular basis. We want to make sure that our efficiency from list price to sell price uh, is sharp. That's what people pay us for because that last figure there tells you their effectiveness in pricing and marketing uh, and negotiation as well, too. So those are the questions, Desiree, I would ask an agent when it comes to selling your home. Now, if you're looking for an agent to help you buy, some questions are very similar. The first is, how many houses did they help buyers buy last year? Uh, again, you're going to want to make sure that they are well experienced and they have uh, a lot of transactions under their belt to be able to foresee other um, uh, other things that any contingencies that can come up. You can also ask them in a hot marketplace how many times they've been successful in multiple offer situations. So one of my team members, uh, Angie, she's been on the show here before. She is the master at succeeding in multiple offers. It takes a skill and it takes uh, the experience and also being able to advise their client on the next steps in order to win. If you're dealing with somebody who has only sold one or two homes or has only bumped into one or two multiple offer situations, I hate to say it, they're gonna be they're gonna be outmaneuvered by an expert like Angie, for instance. Uh, and uh, the other question, of course, too, is how long they have been selling real estate. So thanks for your question, Desiree. Uh, those are things you can ask people when you are thinking of hiring them, hiring them. And please do interview a few agents because, like I said, you should get a good feel of their experience. If any of you have a question about real estate, please call in 250-414-6540 or visit the CFAX 1070 website. If you are a podcast listener, you can find our show on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, you can listen to all of our past shows. Uh, and also, if you have any suggestions on somebody that you want to hear here on our show, feel free to let me know. We're going to talk about pools after we take a break here. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back and joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, we're talking about swimming pools. Now, Victoria is known for among the best temperate climate in Canada. And it's one of these places where, obviously, we don't see snow a lot. It's not completely true. We'll get a couple of days of snow, as we did uh, last year, uh, and also the big one of 1996. Uh, but otherwise, it seems to be a great town for outdoor enjoyment. We're seeing a lot more properties being used right now where people are extending their living environment from inside their house out to their yards. And what better way to do that but then by having a swimming pool. With us today is Mark Deshaw with Deshaw Pools. Mark, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, now listen, I need to tell the listeners about our backstory because the house that I live in right now in uh, the Henderson area of Oak Bay is a house that your family used to own. That's right, yeah. And it had a pool. Yes, indeed. Okay, yes. and I'm thinking that maybe this is the reason why you're in the pool business right now was because of that pool, right? It is. It is. I was fortunate enough to uh, have a dad who loved swimming pools. I grew up around a pool and uh, learned the ins and outs, thanks to him. Yeah, well, okay, I, and I, I have to say, as you know, I'm going to tell the listeners that when I bought that house, uh, I think it was 11, uh, 12 years ago coming up right now, uh, I filled the pool in. And I have to say, every once in a while, my wife on a hot summer day says, we should not have done that. We're going to cover that in our conversation today, okay? Yes. Yeah. So, first of all, uh, I was saying in the intro there, uh, 
I am seeing not only a lot more people uh, enjoy their outdoor space, but actually, as I think about it, knowing that you were coming on our show today, I have seen a lot more swimming pools in Victoria than I remember maybe 25 years ago or so. Um, It must be keeping you busy. Indeed, yeah. Uh, It seems to be part of the whole trend of uh, bringing the inside out into the backyard, uh, outdoor kitchens, ponds. the backyard lifestyle is uh, very much a part of it. Okay. Well, you know, you were saying uh, before coming up here to the studio uh, before, too, that you've got a lot of fond memories around the pool that you had uh, at the old house there. Yes. Right? Yes. That one in the house previous, too. Uh, we grew up around uh, in another house. I grew up around a pool, and uh, my fondest memories uh, as a child were playing around the pool and uh, and such, and, uh, and then... Obviously, we moved into your place that uh, you have now, and uh, I was a teenager, and of course, we did a lot of entertaining Mm -hmm. pool parties, lots of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was great property for that, and and it still is, it still is. All right, so uh, talking about pools, um, first of all, obviously, somebody needs to have the property in order to install a pool, although pools come in all different sizes, right? They do, they do, and uh, a good designer can really make the pool fit into whichever sized yard you have, uh, depending on the vision that you have for the property. Uh, I've seen some pools uh, that have been adopted to a tiny backspace that you would never think would would uh, accommodate. Well, so give us an example, like how, how small a pool have, uh, comes to mind as, as far as your installation. Well, actually, the trend is now, Tony, more towards the uh, smaller size pools. They're called uh, anything from plunge pools to game pools, but people like them shallower. They like them smaller. They're easier to maintain, and uh, you can fit them in, as we were just saying. Uh, You can fit them into smaller spaces and uh, get kind of creative with the landscaping around them. Well, that kind of makes sense to me. Because, uh, you know, those big, huge pools that we see in the yard, it often makes me wonder, like, how, how, what's the cost of running that? You know, what is, uh, like, do you use, do you need that kind of space? It's not like uh, you're going to have 50 people in the pool at once, right? Yeah, back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, when, uh, when the cost to heat these things was a lot less than what they are now, mm-hmm. uh, they built deep, big pools, uh, you know, these, these mini lakes in your backyard. Yeah. Uh, but you just don't see that anymore. Uh, the focus now is on energy efficiency, uh, ease of maintenance, uh, and that kind of thing. And uh, a lot of people, you know, apart from the lap swimmers, you see a lot of, in- I, I get a lot of inquiries into uh, lap pools, the yeah. long pools that are specifically designed for exercise. They're long and narrow. That's right. Yeah. But you can also achieve that by build, putting in specific current generators or jets into a small size pool and getting your exercise that way. Your resistance. Yeah, exactly. A treadmill for uh, what a pool that's a treadmill. Yeah. You know, the, the lap pool that you just brought up uh, reminds me of a house that I've seen in the Rockland area. Rockland or Fairfield, a sort of modern house, and they positioned that um, a long, thin pool uh, pretty well up against the house, and it didn't disturb the, the yard that the house had. Actually, it was really well integrated into the design of the home. I thought it was really cool. It's a very striking feature, a lap pool. It can, be, it can really augment the look of, of uh, you know, a modern house or a contemporary-styled house. Uh, and, uh, you know, they can, they, can, they can really make things look great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, uh, all different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, obviously, of course, you need to get your approvals through the municipality when you're when you're doing something like this. That's right. Are there any municipalities that are more or less friendly uh, with pool installs? Well, they're they're all pretty much uh, on par in terms of uh, what they require, uh, the physical offsets and uh, such. Uh, they require at specific times during construction, they want to be kept in the loop. You have to call them in for inspections, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, Oak Bay, I've had uh, a great, uh, a great relationship with Oak Bay. They, uh, but, uh, that's not to say that Saanich, North Saanich haven't been, uh, fun to work with as well. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, uh, one of the things of course to consider is you can't necessarily just plunk a pool where you want it in the yard. You brought up a story when we were downstairs uh, about the fact that uh, um, a home owner had built a house and there's a utility conduit that runs down the yard and you had to work the pool around that, right? Yes. Yes. We He wanted to maximize the size, but unfortunately uh, the pool was a bit of an afterthought and uh, we had to place and dig the pool as close to that that uh, utility line as possible without actually, you know, risking damaging it. So uh, it turned out well. He had a large yard, and uh, the pool was just a feature of the yard, two-thirds of the yard. Not was, overwhelming. That's right. That's right. It's two-thirds of the yard still was green, and the ch they have two children, three actually, sorry, and uh, they it was still left to them to, to play in, in the yard. That's great. You know, another story that I remember is that I, I had a client who specifically wanted a pool in their property. They knew they would have to install one. This is about 15 years ago. Um, they ended up, I, we did end up selling them a property. But there was one house in uh, Gordon Head that they fell in love with. The price was right. Uh, it had a big, deep yard. Uh, I did my due diligence for them, which is what the realtor is supposed to do. And we discovered uh, going to the municipality. I remember being there in the ins inspections department. And then we found out that there was a uh, right-of-way or easement that went right across the property exactly where they would have put the pool. And, of course, what that meant was they, they couldn't um, install a pool where they wanted. They didn't end up buying that house. They ended up buying another house, but, you know, a couple of points there. The first thing is it's important that your agent does the research and finds out uh, yes. about these things, right? But the other thing, too, is, um, yeah, I mean, you, in, in your capacity as a, uh, a pool um, uh, uh, contractor, you got to make sure that these things aren't uh, encumbrances, right? You definitely want to do your homework. Uh, you want to check. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, physical uh, barriers that might prevent, uh, you know, as I guess it will definitely affect your budget. Uh, there's nothing that can't be overcome. But <laughs> obviously but cost, at some yeah. point, yeah. yeah. Like uh, moving a utility line. Or exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's those also the questions, questions of access. You know, you have to be able to get the equipment in and... Uh, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of, there's a lot of legwork that should be done prior to planning a pool or uh, even, even when you're buying a home uh, with a pool, you really should do your homework in terms of uh, uh, how is this, the, you know, the costs, obviously. Uh, is it right for your family? Um, and does this require renovation? Is it good to go? Uh, all, all of those questions that can come with owning a pool. Wow. You know what? I want to cover a whole bunch of those. we got to take a break, though. Uh, when we come back, we're talking here with Mark Deshaw about swimming pools. And uh, we're going to ask you that question about uh, things, to, uh, things to ask about. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. 
Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. We're talking about pools today with Mark Deshaw from Deshaw Pools. You'd probably recognize, you're still driving around in the white truck with the Deshaw labels on it, right? You bet. Okay. That's so me. If you see Mark driving around, make sure you wave. We're talking about <laughs> pools now. Before the break, you were talking about doing your homework. So if somebody's buying a home that has a pool on it, what are some things that they should be uh, asking about or, or, or looking out for? Yeah, again, as I touched on before the break, uh, you definitely want to understand the costs involved with a pool. It's not just... Uh, you know, heating, but it's maintenance, uh, the cost of ownership down the road, what's it going to cost you? If you're buying a pool, it's old and requires a renovation. It can be pretty costly to get it up to where you want to get it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, obviously, uh, safety concerns, you know, access, kids, other kids in the neighborhood, how they're going to uh, get into your yard. Uh, maybe you need to upgrade and put on a safety cover. Uh, there's, there's, there's a number of different things, chemical storage, uh, there's hazards involved with that. Uh, but, uh, ultimately it's, uh, you know, I don't want to scare people away. Ultimately it is a, uh, it is a positive, I think. Okay. So let's split these off for a little bit yeah. here. So the first thing is you're talking about costs. So, um, generally speaking, pools are heated by electricity, right? Uh, electricity or fossil fuels. Uh, you can have uh, the most popular ways uh, in Victoria, anyways, in our climate, are uh, the electricity would be for a heat pump. Yeah. You know, air to water rather than air to air, similar to what you. And this is separate from the from the heating system in the house. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's specific to your pool. Yeah. Uh, the other way is either propane gas or uh, or natural gas. Like you see the odd oil, old oil heater, but uh, those are pretty much being replaced. I have seen days. those. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, what can some? I know this is a tough question for you to answer because it depends on the size of the pool, depends on the system, depends on the age and all that stuff. What can people expect to to spend on a monthly uh, monthly basis for their pool? Uh, you know, if you've got a good, I mean, again, you've got you've got to, you've got to take into consideration not just the heating. You've got to take into consideration the chemicals that you got to spend on the heat on the pool. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to take into consideration the electrical to run your pump. Uh, if you've got underwater lighting, uh, you know, nowadays the, we're putting in LEDs, so that's negligible. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you've got a pool service coming in, you've got you've to consider the pool service. Uh, it can cost, you know, a, by the end of the season, a couple of thousand dollars altogether okay. uh, in costs, so, you know. Okay, so it's not meaning to belabor this here, but we're talking a couple of thousand dollars. We're talking like 2000 or 5000 I would say, you know, it depends if you have, we're not, a, and we're not pinning it down to this. This is just, a, yeah. Sort of, yeah. If you estimate. have, if you have a service, if you have a pool man coming in, obviously it's going to be uh, a bit more. Uh, if you're taking care of it yourself, which is, you know, completely within the realm, yeah. and most people do do that, then you're probably looking at, uh, you know, anywhere from a thousand to two thousand dollars. Oh, okay. 
Now, you don't have to heat your pool in our climate. Yeah. We, I have seen some some pools that have not been heated. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, though. I can only imagine. That's My, it's... my father never <laughs> had a heater. We always wanted to swim from April through October, but uh, he uh, he wouldn't get us a heater. We had to... We had to <laughs> but your dad's an accountant, too, right? Up and, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we had, the, we had the solar bubble blanket that we would drag on, and, yes. and our season was pretty much from... Oh, I I think we were from middle of May till about middle of September. We'd try to we try to, but without a heater, that's all you're gonna get. Yeah, uh, heater obviously for the winter months. You, and that's right. Yeah. Allows you to expand the season on on the shoulders. Or if you have an oil heater, you can throw a New Year's Eve pool party yeah. and uh, cost you a couple of hundred dollars, but it's doable. Wow. Uh, we're here with Mark Deshaw from Deshaw Pools. Uh, when you say pool service, having somebody come by with pool service, we're talking about somebody who checks the chemical levels and, and does right. that, right? That's right. What yeah. other things does a pool service uh, do? Well, oftentimes with a pool, you'll have a spa as well. And spas are notoriously difficult to maintain the chemistry. Uh, uh, so the pool service will come once a week. They will uh, service your spa, your pool, uh, check your chemicals, adjust them accordingly, maintain the equipment, look for anything that might require service and do that servicing, mm-hmm. uh, as well as recommend uh, changes, products, that kind of thing. Uh, information is, is, is the number one thing I pride myself on and is being there for the client and giving them the information that they need mm-hmm. to uh, enjoy their pool as thoroughly as possible. Okay, so because we're talking about costs, we were talking about we were talking about the uh, maintenance costs and the running costs of a pool. So the big question is, what are people spending for the installation of a pool? And again, I know this is a loaded question because there's there's a whole gamut, right? But if somebody, okay, so my story uh, we'll tell the listeners is like I said, when I moved in, we filled in the pool. Uh, it was an older pool. You knew, you, you know, it was uh, pools leak, right? Indeed, uh, yes. I I will fully admit I did not research what it would cost to fix the pool. I just filled it in. I didn't have kids at the time. I knew I was going to have kids. I was concerned about safety. We'll talk about that later, right? Um, but now, of course, we're probably going to put a pool back. All right. So, All right. Uh, and uh, we're going to give you a call. Now, there's a few things that are necessary. You already brought up the fact that you need to have access to the property because you're not digging this out by hand. You got to have your That's excavators right. in the back, right? Um, so, and nowadays we're dropping in fiberglass. Um, what are the options that people have? Well, everything from above above ground pools uh, to the in ground pools, which is uh, primarily, I guess, what we'll focus the discussion on. Yep. There's three types of in ground pools. There's your in ground steel walled vinyl lined pool, yep. and uh, I'll just go through them on uh, in terms of the uh, pricing, starting okay. at the the most affordable, uh, and that would be the steel wall vinyl liner. Then next would be your uh, fiberglass shelves that are trucked in and then craned up. You see, sometimes see them get craned in. Yeah. Quite the I've drama. seen them. They're like a huge a hot tub, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I call them the giants, giant paint trays on a crane. You yes. see them okay. they get craned up and over uh, over houses yeah. and uh, dropped into the hole, and they're pre- the hole is obviously prepared, and the plumbing is done after it's dropped in. And, and uh, they're, it's a very quick way to go that way as well. As There's a lot of benefits to fiberglass. It's... Uh, it's a pretty neat way to go. And then last but not least is your custom concrete or gunite. The word gunite is used in uh, swimming pool construction. And with that, the benefits are you can pretty much build any shape you want to uh, get the pool done to whatever specifications. 
Yeah, so uh, and these are typical. Uh, you'll see things like tile, uh, tile features around that, or, or exactly. Yeah. You can do your family crest on the bottom, yeah. mosaic okay. tile if you want. Yeah. You can you can make it any way. You can put steps in anywhere, yeah. which is one of the drawbacks to fiberglass. You you pretty much are stuck with the shell models that the company that you're buying offers and if you don't like the way the steps are or the or the, the corner that you they happen to be in you're you're sort of stuck with that yeah okay so now when some let's think about let's think about my yard because you know it right if we wanted to install a pool in the back there uh given those three options like what kind of price range am i looking at well, let's see. For the, uh, we'll start again with the steel wall vinyl liner. Uh, just a standard 16 by 32. What, what I try to do is just do an apples to apples yep. comparison. Uh, so we'll try to keep it uh, each each type of pool. Those three types. Uh, you're looking at uh, about forty fifty thousand dollars for a steel wall vinyl lined pool, mm-hmm. and that's not coming with a lot of accessories gonna have to pay a little more for that safety cover that we discussed we'll talk about that in a bit exactly and all of the other things that that most pool owners like to have in their pools Uh, if you go to the fiberglass you're looking at you're getting in around seventy thousand dollars for the again that same basic pool and equipment that is circulating the pool no heater that kind of thing yeah and uh, in that same uh, same basic uh, type of pool with the custom gunite, you're probably getting up to about eighty-five, ninety thousand dollars. Okay, so I have to tell you that is not as gruesome as I thought because you know oh. I've often been thinking, oh, it's probably like two hundred thousand bucks or something crazy like that. It can get up. There. I'm sure it can oh, be. Yeah, real yeah, quick. But but actually, it it surprises me. Listen, we got to take another break, uh, Mark. If people need to reach you, what's the best way uh, for them to do that? They can call me at two five zero two zero eight seven six six five. And they can also reach me uh, through my website at dishaw.ca. Spell that out for us. That's D-E-S-H-A-W dot C-A. That's great. Talking about pools, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about swimming pools today with Mark Deshaw from Deshaw Pools. Uh, Mark, before the break, we were just talking about uh, prices, and I, and I said that I was uh, expecting a much more gruesome number because, you know, you, you make guesstimates. You go, is it going to be 200000 Is it going to be, you know, whatever? Uh, let's face it. It's still a substantial investment, right? It is. Um, but I got to tell you, when I filled in that pool uh, about 12 years ago, I'm thinking it was a, there had to be about $8,000 worth of material and slinging. So, I mean, it was not inexpensive to, to fill it in, right? True. Yeah. True. I, it's, uh, yeah, the labor for the slinger trucks and getting it uh, getting it placed and compacted properly so you don't have any sinkage. And, yeah. and then, of course, you, you've got to uh, figure out what you're going to do with that space. Uh, it's going to involve some landscaping, which is going to cost you as well. Yeah, I'll show you pictures later, actually. What we, it's a play area for the kids, so we have play sets and a tramp, trampoline, and we graveled it, actually, uh, oh, yeah, for now. Nice. But, you know, the kids are not going to be kids forever, right? Which is yes. the reason why we're thinking uh, at a later date about this pool thing. Um, but, uh, uh, again, as far as cost is concerned, uh, how about how long it takes? So when somebody gives you the go-ahead, once you get the approvals from the municipality, what um, what sort of uh, turnaround time? Are we uh, yeah, at? the permitting can also can obviously hold things back a little bit, but uh, uh, usually uh, it's a fairly quick process with fiberglass and uh, steel wall vinyl liner. You're looking at uh, 
to get the pool in and plumbed and actually filled and circulating, if you want, um, it can be a process that doesn't take more than two months. Okay. Uh, oftentimes, though, what will slow the process down is you've got other things going on. You've got uh, landscaping that has to happen. And uh, so once the entire area is complete, uh, you can usually, you're usually looking at a three to three to six months period. Yeah. Custom concrete, uh, because you're dealing with so many subtrades in and out, the tilers, the rebar, the, uh, the extra engineering that's required for, for that particular style of pool, uh, the process uh, takes a lot longer. And of course, the more bells and whistles you're putting on any of these pools is going to add to that time period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, covers now because one of the things that was a concern to me at the time was safety. Because one of the things that goes through people's minds all the time is what happens if a neighbor's little one yes. comes into the yard and uh, falls in the pool and terrible things happen, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, so in the old days, you had you roll up, you know, you, you had the, the the roller thing and you roll out the uh, the cover. But we were talking earlier about uh, about these rigid covers, right? Yeah, it's really changed the industry in terms of uh, providing that. Um, final barrier, that, that level of safety that I think everybody is really looking for uh, and what held a lot of people back from actually getting a pool. Um, what we're talking about is the, um, is it's a uh, thick vinyl cover, uh, very sturdy. They actually advertise them and they show families standing on them and walking on them mm -hmm. and they travel down a track and most of them are powered either uh, via hydraulic pump or an electric motor, high-torque electric motor. And they run down a track and usually retract into a subterranean housing at the end of the pool. So you don't see it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's very slick. Um, if it's an aftermarket cover, which we do a lot of, then oftentimes that'll it'll just be a roll. It'll go up into a roll at the end of the pool. Yeah. And this, this should address the, the safety aspect because unless you're, if you're using the pool, you're there. Right, and at night or whatever, when you're not there, you can close this off. You can lock it, and uh, and it minimizes that that case of accident. Yeah, right? the uh, the actuator switches now are a combination pad. Usually, uh, there's a code that you push in order to uh, activate, open, or close the cover. Yeah. The old style used to have a uh, key that would open up the cover, but uh, so that keeps um, you know the kids from being able to open and close the cover. But uh, essentially, you know, you can really only um, get into the pool with a, with a very sharp buoy knife. I, they're very, very sturdy, yeah. and uh, they're really great. I've seen them. I've seen them. A cover well, for all seasons, you know. And, and, and this is the thing about pools, too, is, is uh, the old-style pools, you would have the, the summer bubble blanket, and then you'd have to uh, put the winter cover on it, and it was just a real, real headache with this particular type of cover. Again, they're not a small ticket item, but I find they're incredibly popular and they're almost a must have with all the new pools that go in because it is that one cover all seasons solution. Yeah, because it's also keeping stuff out of the pool, like those tree droppings and stuff, right? Big part of it in Victoria. Uh, and yeah. the other thing too is if you're heating the pool, it's got to help with the efficiency as far as keeping the, uh, uh, the heat in there, right? Big time, big time. Uh, keeping the heat in uh, with those old covers, you'd have to cover it at night. You'd have to send somebody out. It was always me when I was uh, around <laughs> our place. I always had to go cover the pool. Yeah. But now you can just uh, cover the pool by hitting a switch, 
And so consequently, it gets done. Every night the pool gets covered. You save the energy. Yeah, wow. The uh, the pool in your old family house, in the house that I have right now, hit a diving board too. It like that sure was pretty did. deep, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. You need to be a minimum of uh, eight foot deep. They yeah. stipulate that. And there's some other building concerns um, when you're putting in a diving board. Diving boards actually are not are not that popular anymore just because of the whole liability aspect of it. Still a lot of pools out there with them. I get the odd clients still asking for them. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, their uh, slides seem to be the option. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can get pretty dramatic with them. These, you know, these, these, the game has been upped with all of these water parks around. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so How things have changed over the years. We're here with Mark Deshaw from uh, Deshaw Pools talking about installing a pool in your home. Again, Victoria is one of these towns where the, the, the weather is conducive to enjoying the outside of, of the house. Uh, of course, it, uh, placement of the pool depends on where the sun is, and that's where the the pool was placed in my house is because because the expo- this is north facing backyard, right? And um, where the sun hit was exactly where that pool. That's was. That's exactly so. right, Tony. You gotta when you're planning a pool, uh, you gotta think the, the the basics. You know, people like to lie by the pool. They like to face the sun and the pool at the same time. Yeah. And uh, you've also got to think about the traffic patterns and that kind of thing. You're, how are you getting in and out of the pool to the kitchen to the bathroom, uh, and uh, and those kind of things. And that will determine the location of of your pool. And, uh, you know, I like to tell clients that are thinking about it, you know, get a garden hose and, and lay out the shape of the pool with, the, with a big garden hose and see if that's where you like to put it. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your biggest project. Like, uh, what's, what's, a, what's a big one that you've done? Oh, man, we did this one. Uh, I believe your listeners will be familiar with the term vanishing edge pool. Oh, or, yes. or the uh, infinity. infinity pool might be. Uh, yeah. We did one up uh, above Prospect Lake uh, for a builder. and Oh, uh, my goodness. Was, I know who that is. He was building a yeah. three, 3D business card for himself. Yeah. Just a wonderful home. I have been to that house. And, yeah, we it, it was a big challenge. It took us a long time. Yeah. Uh, learning process for everybody involved. Uh, but we pulled it off, and it is spectacular. Just a wonderful sight. Okay, are you at liberty to say, because I know that pool. It's a killer pool, and the patio wraps around it because the house is kind of sort of horseshoe-shaped, right? Or, yes. or, or V-shaped, kind of. Yes. Um, on five acres. Yes. Actually, I know because I sold them a the lot, actually. Um, how much would that pool have been? Boy, you know, at the end of the day, Tony, I think it probably it was about five years ago. Like yeah, it's, yeah, right. It, it, it was so incorporated into the construction of the house. It was a suspended slab. It was built on the side of a steep slope, so there was a lot of engineering. They really had to, uh, you know, have everything worked out because it's elevated. That's that's right. Yes. You can imagine that, uh, you know, to get this pool, uh, so you're looking above the pool and seeing the lake, uh, that the property just dropped off. So they had to, they had a lot of form work, a lot of concrete work. Uh, at the end of the day, I think you're probably getting close to about a quarter million dollars there. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Yeah. But it is amazing because it's it's an infinity when you're in the pool. I haven't been in it, but when you're in the pool, there's no edge. There's no. Li- you see these on these like uh, hotels in the states, you know, in Vegas yes. or whatever. Yes. Where you sit there in the pool and there is no lip. And the neat thing is it overlooks Prospect Lake. Yes. So you get that effect of being right there, like uh, with a big body of water. It's super cool. That's right. And we colored it a. Uh, 
uh, a dark, dark gray. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you look at the pool and you look up at the lake and, and, and it's not profoundly different. It just looks like part of the whole natural scene. Yeah. It was a really, really cool. Well, one. now I have to say that in a, in a property like that, so a property of that caliber, because it's a big property, there's, um, detached, they've got like an attached, detached garages with the, uh, um, uh, visitor spots up top and the, you know, the home theater and all that, that kind of property requires, it's almost like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be complete without a pool, right? Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. It is, it is a, a niche in the market in Victoria, especially that is obviously, uh, more and more in demand. Uh, and, uh, it is a house at that quality and level you virtually have to put a pool in it would yeah. almost uh it would almost, it would be strange not to have one there that's right make it more yeah. difficult to sell down the road without yeah. a pool yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and this brings up another point and this this was bound to come up in our conversation there's always the the discussion about resale value yes because we you know there are studies that say you get the most money back with a kitchen you get the most money back if you're investing in a bathroom you know adding square footage to the house the pool is usually at the at the bottom of the list yes Right. Um, and I, I kind of understand that from the context of pools, not for everyone necessarily. That's right. Right. So somebody might say, I love this house, but, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really paying more for the pool. I might use it, you know, like That's me. Right. I, I, I bought the house because of the house and the location. Right. That's right. Um, so maybe going into this from a resale value isn't necessarily uh, uh, a key. But when we talk about houses like you just mentioned, it really is part of the package, right? It very much does represent the the, the level of the home in, in in the market that you're selling. I mean, in a middle class home, uh, does that still exist in Victoria, Tony? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, they uh, are generally. I think it, it makes more of a negative impact. I think there's more families uh, in that in that uh, price set that uh, it, it just, they don't want anything to do with a pool yep. and that's just not their lifestyle. So you're, you're probably uh, hurting, it's going to negatively, negatively impact resale yeah. uh, in that market. Good, but good it, point. So it depends on yeah. the, the, the market segment of the house. Absolutely. And yeah. again, as we discussed with the higher end markets uh, and the higher end homes in, on our market, yeah. uh, you virtually have to have a pool. So I, I have to say, going back to that property with the infinity pool, there, there was at the time, at about the same time, another house on the market in um, Central Saanich mm -hmm. that also had an infinity pool. And it's amazing when you, not all infinity pools are the same. Like there's different qualities. Like the one that you mentioned, the one that you did, I know is a high end pool because we, I had clients that looked at this other one. It was kind of like, well, it's an infinity pool, but it was, um, it was not built to the same standard. A pool's personality is determined just like a home, uh, is determined by the accessories and how it's finished. Yeah. You know, uh, what, what, what are the finishing materials that are used and, uh, and, uh, the location and how it's incorporated and designed, uh, in harmony with the rest of the house. Um, is, is, is it well thought, thought out or was it just a quick add on? Yeah. These all, it was, was it integral to the part of the plan or Precise, was it added on? Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, Mark, again, if people need to reach you to talk about all things pools, how can they do that? Well, they can uh, reach me at my website, uh, through my website, and that's Deshaw, www.deshaw.ca. Let's spell that out. And that's D as in David, E as in Edward, S as in Sam, H-A-W dot C-A. Yep. They can also email me directly at info 
at dishaw.ca. Great. Thank you, Mark. Love talking about pools. Uh, we'll have to be in touch with you when the kids are a little older. Uh, I think that now that I know they're not as gruesomely expensive, it's still expensive, but it's, you know, it's an investment in fun, right? Uh, thank you all to the listeners for listening in. Uh, we'll be here for you this time next week.